Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansburg, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this blessed opportunity to be together in your house. Bless our time together. Teach us in a way that we understand. Empower every single one of us with your word and with your spirit to be fruitful and useful in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. All right. The sound is left with only small, then it will escape. Do you see? Just something small. So maybe the high must come down just a bit so that we we don't get into trouble. Okay, I don't see Pastor Merlin, so... Let's stay within um, safe zones. Amen. Now tell your neighbor to smile. Stop frightening the pastor. Okay. (laughs) Wow, what a blessing to be together. Um, I want to just share a few truths with us. I think it's okay. I want to just share a few truths with us tonight. And then we will... We will do what we do after church. Amen. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter number 16. I'm reading verse number 18. It says, I'm reading from the Good News Translation. Jesus said, and so I tell you, Peter, you are a rock. And on this rock foundation, I will build my church. And not even death will ever be able to overcome it. Wow. Okay, what's your version? King James, upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. I'm starting from here because I believe that the main thing God has left us on this earth to do is to build his church. Amen. Is to build his church. Is to build his church. So, for a Christian, the building of God's church must be important to us. Amen. Prophet, as we listen to Prophet, he emphasizes on the fact that immediately after this scripture, you have, and what, and I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. And many Christians are into binding and losing. Meanwhile, binding and losing was released in connection with building the church. The power to bind and the power to lose was given as a result of the church needing to be built. Hallelujah. So if you are a binder, be a builder. If you are a loser, which means you lose things, not... Like you are for Chelsea, but you lose things. 
that, that means you release things. Do you see? Also, be a builder of God's church. Amen. Get involved in building God's church. Amen. Amen. Look, Chelsea can surprise everybody today. Oh. You'll be there. <laughs> Amen. So, God is building his church. And we must all get involved in building God's church. Joe chapter 8 verse 7, the Bible says, Though thy beginnings be small. This is a prophetic uh, prediction of how a church should be. It says, Though thy beginnings be small, thy latter end, King James, should greatly increase. So God expects his church to increase and he expects his church to grow. Hence, we are talking about church growth, which is the growth of the church that we are all getting involved in. So, ask your neighbor quickly from the corner of your eye, are you involved in building the church? Demand an answer from your, don't tell the pastor, just demand an answer from your neighbor. Good. So, we started to look at principles of church growth. Is that not so? Last Tuesday, we looked at principles of church growth. Principles that help to make a church grow. Alright, so we are going to look at principles. We are going to look at strategies of church growth. So, be open to it. Amen. Last week, we looked at the first principle, which we call the principle. And I'm preaching from this book, The Mega Church, which is the big church. Okay, the church that has grown. Alright, good. So, we looked at the principle of the multiplied senior pastor. Amen. And I said that principle refers to all of us becoming like the senior pastor. All of us becoming like the senior pastor. Everybody becoming like the senior pastor. So the senior pastor photocopying himself again and again and again and again or reproducing himself again and again and again and again in all of us. Amen. Now, I must mention here that as soon as we talk about church growth, everybody starts to look at the pastors. Do you see? But you are all growing a church one way or another. Your basenta is a church. Your basanta is a church. Your center is a church. Where is Ratiwe? She doesn't want to be used as an example today. Yeah. Do you get it? So, all oh, every group you are raised, it's the church. When it grows... The whole body grows. Do you see? Like, sometimes, I mean, people gain weight at different parts of their bodies, but the whole body weight increases. Do you see? Some gain, I don't know, some, but let's stay here. <laughs> some gain weight in the bosom, bosom area. Bosom and abdominal area. Do you get it? But... All in all, the whole body increases. Is that not so? Or the body weight increases. Good. Some also gain weight on the sides. They gain weight outwards. I don't know whether that's horizontal or but horizontal weight gain. Do you get it? But the whole body mass increases. Some also gain weight in the gluteus maximus. Yeah, so when the gluteus maximus maximizes, the whole body weight 
also increases. Amen. Pastor, what is gluteal? Go to school. I told you. I told you. I told you. I've been telling you for years, go to school. Yeah. Okay. So I'm saying that every single part of the church must grow. And it should be involved in the growth. And all of us are responsible for a portion of the church. So stop looking at the pastor sitting in front of you. Look at yourself. These principles apply to you. Amen. And if all of us get involved, so the, the principle of the multiplied senior pastor basically refers to all of us getting involved and doing what the pastor does. Amen. So if the pastor visits, you visit. The pastor counsels, you counsel. If he does follow up, you do follow up. If he trains, you train. I mean, how would you have people help you in your bus center if you don't train? How would you have people help you in your bus center? You are responsible for prayer bus center, choir bus center. If you don't train people just as you were trained, such that you have become responsible, how would you have people helping you with the basanta? And remember, if you are the only trained person, the basanta can only grow to your capacity. But if there are about four of you, let's say if your capacity is ten, and you also train other three people like you, then you have people who we call captains of ten. So you can handle ten people. The three people you, can, you have trained, each of them can handle 10 people. When you put all your tens together, that's 40 people plus the four of you in the basanta. That's a mega basanta. If somebody is in charge of a group of 44 people, by now he's consecrated himself a bishop. And rightfully so. Do you see it? So all of us must rise up. And do what we see the senior pastor do. And last week, I was very elaborate on this point. So I don't want to belabor the point any further. We said, if Pastor Spar told us about six things he does, what are the six things quickly? He visits, you must also visit. He prays, you must also pray. I mean, you are a Christian. You are not a footballer. You are a Christian. Pray. Christian leader. I mean, pray. What else did you say you do? You counsel the people, which is give them advice and so on. You too. Bishop, I don't know what advice to give. What advice was given to you? You were having a relationship problem. What was the advice they gave to you? The next person who's having a relationship problem is very likely that that advice can work for the person. You were having a problem in school, gap year. You came to church, we talked about... <laughs> somebody in your group also is having a challenge with school keep them the same I mean last Sunday I was in my office teaching the university students how to study I was surprised to find out that they don't know how to study no wonder that school is very hard for you they don't know how to they read they don't study so they, they be, the person has been reading for two hours said, what have you studied he doesn't know doesn't know, doesn't know anything. He's just read. Oh, I started from page 64. I'm now on 93. What is the use of going to 93 when you don't remember anything? You only remember the number of the pages. 94, 95, 96, 62. What is the use? 
So they don't study what they are reading. Do you see it? Like if you, if you sit down to study maybe a, 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 a chapter, okay? A chapter that has maybe six pages in your textbook. By the time you finish studying the six pages, those six pages must become about two pages or one page. You must, like, as you study, you must be writing a, your own textbook. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Ah, you think if you read it, it will stay in your head. Even John 3.16, you can't remember all of it. The number of times we have read it. So as you are reading the thing, you are writing your own version of the textbook. And those six pages must fit in about two pages or one page. Or two pages, because maybe you are starting. The next time you have to refer to that chapter, you go to your two pages, because everything in that chapter is in your two pages. And by the time you finish going through it the second time, those two pages must become one page. After the third time, it must become just... Yeah, it must just become half of a quarter of a page. And that's all you move with till you write exams. Yeah. So when you are moving, when, uh, and you must always put it at places that you see. Places that, or you carry it, or we used to carry it all the time. If you pick a taxi or you go on transport to school, as you are going to school, instead of gossiping and chatting in the taxi and looking around and saying, oh, hey, this woman who stands here, she's standing here, she's waiting for the bus. It's the same place, same time, same woman. It doesn't change. There's no need to look around and watch things. You just take this, your quarter of a page, you look at it and you see, you see, you see something you have written. Then you try to remember what it talks about. So the whole time you are sitting in the taxi, you have seen one thing you have written, you are thinking of everything that is connected to it from your studies. Like that. Training your mind to remember things. But I sat down with them to teach them how to study. In fact, I was praying with them when on Monday, I wanted to inspect their notes. I just, by the time we finished the meeting, I had forgotten. But if I remember, I would have inspected their notes one by one to see if they have been able to learn anything. <laughs> now, you too, you are responsible for people. They are students. What do you go and do? You go and carry and say, look, look, I've come with a new revelation. I'm going to teach you how to study. I'm going to teach you how to study. When you are studying life orientation, and you get to this. When you read, then you repeat the same thing that I've just said to you now. They'll be walking around and say, sure, this our shepherd is very powerful. Hey, he knows everything. Look. Yeah, they will be thinking you were an A student. And, and you don't need to tell them. It's none of their business. It's none of their business at all. It's none of their business. Oh, they don't know. Yeah, they don't know. They don't tell them anything. Yeah, look, one day I met a certain church member. He told me, he mentioned two people, like two people in the church. He said, look, Bishop, they are really, really powerful. They know everything. I was watching like that. <laughs> I said, oh, great. Oh, yeah, nice. Thank God for them. You should always be grateful to God for their lives. Pray for them. Honor them. Respect. This is what I was telling the guy. Meanwhile, the people he was talking about, when I look at the people, <laughs> only God. 
But what has made them so powerful? By just repeating the same counsel they got from their pastor to the to the person, translating and transmitting it. The person feels they are so powerful. Yeah. But some of us are like blockages. When the thing gets to you, stops. It's a dead end. Once, it get, once you are okay, that's it. It can't be. So rise up and let's be involved. Today, we want to look at one or two and then we'll go home. Principle, second principle. The principle of maximized Sunday usage. All right? Maximized Sunday usage. Amen. The principle of second principle. The principle of maximized Sunday usage. Traditionally, Sundays are for church and for rest. Amen. Many people are not busy on Sundays. Many people are not busy on Sundays. Many people set up Sunday to rest, to go to church, to chillax, to sit at home, watch soccer, all these things. Family time, have lunch, seven colors. The, the horses have seven colors, or all of us. All of us have seven colors. Yeah, so that's the day they eat and eat large. Now, if you are going to eat large, you have to stay at home. Is that not the case? Uh-huh. So, Sunday is a good time for church work. Amen. Sunday is a good time for church work. A lot of things we struggle to do during the week, we could have done them on Sunday. It's because we are busy trying to do them during the week. That's why even they are extra difficult for us. Because you go to work, you close at five. Already, look, when I was coming from my house, the whole Marisbeck was pitch black. You don't have a car. It's now you are going to try to move around in the dark. You can't. You cannot. Meanwhile, you could do a lot on the Sunday. What is this that is coming on my... You could do a lot on, on the Sunday. Because Sunday, people are available. People are at home. Somebody will say, when I tell them to come, they don't come. On Sunday, they have already come. They are here. They didn't come because you called them for rehearsal or you called them. They have come to church. So as they have come to church, you just trap them to do the rehearsal. To do the rehearsal. There's no, when you say they should come on Saturday, transport, this, all, all, but on Sunday, a lot of things have been pulled together to make sure that they have come. Once they are here, you, say, you can see the person with your eye. You say, okay, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do what tomorrow? Do you know what it takes to get them tomorrow? It, do you even have what it takes? You see, when you call them, they won't come. But when the pastor calls them to come, they have come. So take advantage. Take advantage of the pastor's calling and do what has to be done. Capitalize on it. Have Look, I will show you many things that can be done on Sundays. Maybe let me pace myself so that I get there in duty. <laughs> yeah. Many things can be done on Sunday. Jesus worked on Sunday. Jesus worked on Sunday. John 5, when he healed the guy by the pool of Bethesda, the people started to fight with him. Why? Because he had healed him on the Sabbath day. John, John 5, 16. And 17 says, and the Jews persecuted Jesus because he had healed the guy 
on and they sought to slay him. They wanted to even kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day, the day of rest. The Sabbath, Pastor, how do you know whether the Sabbath is a Sunday or a Saturday? It was the day of rest, the traditional day of rest. Sunday is the traditional day of rest. And he had done this. They got so angry and they wanted to kill him. Then he explained to them in verse 7. He says, look, don't worry. God is working. So I'm also working. God works on Sundays. I also work on Sunday. Why is it that your God works on Sunday? Your Savior works on Sunday. You just want to go home at 2 o'clock and sleep and watch Manchester United and watch soccer and watch TV. When you are a leader in God's house. Yes, the church members may go home. But as a leader, that's even your chance. That's even your chance because at least on, on Tuesday, you don't know where they are. On Monday, you don't know where they are. But at least Sunday, day, you know they are all going home. You know where to find them. You know where to find them. So you just go and find them at home. Hallelujah. You go home and find them. Saturday, Sunday is a good day for visitation. Yeah, when you leave church, those of you are able to leave church, and you see, the church we live in stages on Sunday. Like, our church is never empty on a Sunday, by the grace of God. Even in the afternoon. You know, we are moving the Deadman Church to a new place starting from this Sunday. And, and we are going to be sharing with a church. Do you get it? Now, that church, they close at 10. So I sent, when they told us everything, I sent one of my pastors to go and spy the land. Do you see? Like Moses did. So when my pastor went to spy the land, he told me, oh, 10 o'clock, they have closed. 10, 15, everybody is gone. Everybody is gone. I said, oh, this one will work for us perfectly because we start at 11. So if they are going by 10, 15, between 10, 15 and 11, we can set up and then we start church. But this, they said, so I said, who will open and say the security man lives there? I said, good. I said, so I said, my, the security man is going to have a shock. He's going to have a shock. Because he's going to be wondering, what are, look, we used to be somewhere else. Our caretaker, after Santa, he'll be walking around saying, what at all are they doing? What are they doing? <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> because... And even the land, the caretaker has come for the church service. The church has closed. And he saw us, he shared the grace, everything, and he's gone. But he's wondering, he's even gone to sleep. Afternoon, eat, eat, sleep, and then wake up. And we are still around. He's wondering, what, what at all are they doing? So traditionally, our church, that we, 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 we use the Sunday. Because Sunday, we can pray. What is wrong if you, you say you are prayer basanta? What is wrong with if, if we finish on Sunday, we finish church on Sunday, we do all our meetings. So, Charlie, let's spend some one hour. Today, there, some people didn't come to church. Let's pray for them. And then we use Sunday to pray. What is wrong? What is wrong? Hey, but it wasn't in the schedule. It's a Sunday, Baba. Those who need a schedule are church members. But you are a leader in the, you are, you say, oh, Bishop, nobody has made me, a, if you are here on Tuesday, you are a leader. 
why, why, why is, okay, Sunday when I came here, this whole place was full. Where are the people who were here on Sunday? They don't come. It's leaders who come to church. The name of this service is even servants armed and trained. So even the quality of people who come are different. Yeah, well, let's pray. Let's spend some time. Let's have a rehearsal. Why can't we have rehearsal? We can do rehearsal on Sundays. Dance rehearsal. Um, film stars rehearsal. Singing rehearsal. Eh, who's going to carry my baby? Look. Look. <laughs> look. Look, where is Luke's father? Where is Luke's father? Yeah, it's okay. No problem. Look, church babies, we all carry them. We, we all, if you don't do that, your baby will become very different. Your baby will become very, only your baby will become very different. I remember one of my pastors, nowadays I don't want to mention him, but one of my pastors, he had a baby. Three months, six months, the child won't come to crash. One year, the child won't come to crash. I started to grow wild. I became angry. I started to fight. When I see the mother, I'm fighting. When I see the father, when I see the auntie, I'm fighting. Everybody in the family, I'm fighting with them. They said the child, if he comes to crash, something. I said, look, he needs to come to crash to break out of that something, something you are talking about. He needs to come to crash. So I said, okay. So I told them, okay. So are you saying the child won't go to school? Are you going to do homeschooling? Are you going to create a university at home for the child? Then better bring the child around so that the child becomes a normal child. Like everybody else. I thought, then I saw. Now, they, they thought it was because of their school fees. That's why I said the child should come. So they started to pay school fees without the child coming. I came back. <laughs> I came back. I said, how can it be that you are paying school fees and the child is sitting at home? This is a financial waste of money. <laughs> because I'm your pastor for your children. I'm your pastor for your finances as well. And your marriage. So I said, why would you be paying for groceries at ShopRite and you don't go and take the groceries? What does it mean? I started that fight also. Hey! No, the child comes to church. And the child comes and mixes with the same children who are there. Go to the crash. And he's happy. So I say, if the children are going to corrupt your child, why don't they corrupt your child on Sunday? Maximize Sunday usage to corrupt your child. So every time I come, I check the school register. Has the child come? Has the child come? Then the parents realize that I will relent. They started to bring the child. Shame on you. <laughs> so, you are worried who is going to carry your children. We will all carry your children. All of, all of us. You see, all of us are mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters of all our children. Ah. All of us. When I had my son... Look, when I get to church, we had a big table. God bless us with a big table in the church. I don't know who brought it, but extra big, like the table can cover from where LPKT is, maybe to where Pastor Spa is, to where Mobile is, to Pastor Pre. Big like that. Giant table. As soon as I get the, the child can't walk, I put the child on that table. I go. <laughs> the next time I think of the child is when I'm going home. 
I said, hey, where is that guy who lives in my house? <laughs> yeah. But they are okay. All of us look after them together. Put the child down and get to the work. And usually this happens to first-time mothers when you're a mother for the first time. You think your child is so different. Your child will break. Sometimes even you are the one who's breaking the child. Because you don't have experience. Sometimes you are, look, you are the danger to the child. And this thing, when you say it, when you say, before they are mothers, they, they agree with you. As soon as they become mothers, hey. Bishop, you don't understand. This this child, you have never been a mother before. This child at home, they, uh, they start telling you all kinds of stories. I mean, if you see Nonto over there, she has looked after three children at a go, not one in succession, like at a go. It's like she's holding one here, one here, one here. All. One, day, one day I went to visit her and Pastor Spiway, and she was telling me about the children, the pressure. I said, look, they will grow, don't worry. Just press on. Every day they grow by one day. Every day that passes, they grow by one day. Now look at them. They are happy in the church. Do you think that you that you just gave birth three weeks ago, you know how to look after children? More than somebody who has, it's like those who juggle oranges. She's holding three oranges and she's doing that. You are holding just one orange and you say, hey, better throw one to us and let's add it and make it four. You think you know how to look after children more than Auntie Connie? Oh. I mean, let's be serious. Finally, has had about seven children. You think she doesn't know how to look after children? Put the child down and start the rehearsal. You see, and also, eh, because of the way we do our church, you even realize that the children take care of the children. The children take care of the children. You see, these teenagers, 14, 15, they'll be taking care of their children. I mean, it's like fully engaged with the children. You don't want to do anything. You are just using the child as a shield. Even the child wants to go for rehearsal, but you. We can do rehearsal on Sundays. We can do visitation on Sunday. We can do uh, uh, outreaches on Sundays. We can pray on Sundays. We can so many things. So many things. If we will use it, instead of pushing, I'll do it on Friday. I'll do it on Thursday. Do Sunday. The people are here. I mean, you have look at the way you struggle to mobilize the people to bring them. Now, when you have mobilized them, you have brought them. You want them to go for another day. As they have come, so it is. When we started Bacenta Work and Centers, you see people who have organized transport, they told the taxi driver, church closes at one, come at a quarter to one. So we have not even finished the church. You see four taxi drivers are standing out here waiting for us. They are showing the pastor time. Even your case is better since they depend on transport. It means if you don't release them, they can't go. If the transport doesn't come, they can't go. If they had their own transport, that they can just go outside, park their car, 
and go out. But this one, they are depending on you. Oh, say, look, let's finish rehearsal, then we can go. Like that. What, look, when it starts, somebody will get angry. Me, I just wanted to go home at what, church members. When they are babies, they get angry at it. Don't you see, babies, the only thing they know how to do is to cry. That's why I said, Justice's baby, I've never heard a baby cry before. It's significant. Babies, all they do is cry. Of course, this one also, I've never heard him crying before. He doesn't smile, he doesn't cry. Anyway. <laughs> He's thinking of big things. He's a millionaire, so he's thinking of serious things. Everything is business in his head. <laughs> he's always serious, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's thinking of great things. Do, do you get it? But the child not crying is so significant. Yeah. So church members, when they come, their babies, they are like that. They'll cry about the preaching is too long, the preaching is too short. The song was too loud, the song is too low. So you have two of them. One said, I couldn't hear the song. The other one said, the volume was too high. You, you want, what should we do? That's how they are. But as they mature, they stop crying. They stop crying. They stop crying. So, and by the church, when it closes, then we are doing another meeting. Me, I want to go home. That's the beginning. Two, three times you see they will settle. They know that the meeting is part of the church service. When they come, they settle down. Because, oh, oh you want to go. When you get out, they see that from here to Nordale is far. You come back and sit inside the church. Cool. You'll be doing the rehearsal with an angry face. The first, and so you are there, then you frown. Then suddenly something will occur to you, then you laugh without knowing. <laughs> then you see that you were laughing there. You don't know how to restore the frown. <laughs> you don't know. They will come. But we don't, it's like we, we don't take advantage of the day we can have their attention. Many of them as they are going, they are not going to do anything. They are not going to do anything meaningful. Any, they are not going to do anything. Either eat, sleep. Now, Sunday, if you are going to sleep at two, what will you do in the night? Are you going to work in the night? So you are sleeping from two on Sunday to Monday morning. That's abuse of your pillow and your blanket and your bed. Principle, principle number next one. I think let me do this principle because I wanted to do it. Principle number three. Look, we can do training on Sundays. Yeah, you can do. The reason why you have nobody helping you is because you are not training. Then you are, when can I train? Sunday. Hey, Pastor, but I have only seven people. Out of the seven people, you should have by now identified some two that you are training. We can do intimate counseling. Talk to people, counsel them. It's Sunday that I came to give the people, I came to teach them how to study. Sunday. Sunday, when are you going to talk? And some of the people, where they are and where they live, the circumstances and the setup of their living places. When you go there, you can't really have a meaningful conversation with them. You, I visited somebody before. As soon as I sat down with the person, or then an uncle who was drunk came. Say, ah, is that Infundis? Infundis, Infundis. Pray for me, pray for me, pray. He took over the whole visitation time. And he's coherent or incoherent, rather. 
So it's like he's just going around them, occupied until I had to go. The visit was as useless as anything. Some of the people you have, when you go and visit them, you won't have peace and quiet. But it's in the church that you can have peace and quiet. Take a chair, sit down, let the person sit, and then you start to counsel the person, start to talk to the person. Yeah. But you say, I will go to their house. Let's use Sunday to the max. Let's use Sunday to the max. Maybe you are in a brand church. Use Sunday to the max. Have a, that's what, this is what we call in the campaigns, Sunday management. Organize the Sunday so that everything is done in the Sunday. Amen. Number three, the principle of smaller subdivisions. Smaller subdivisions. Hallelujah. This refers to small groups in the church, like basentes, basontes. In the church. In the church, we have basentes. In the church, we have basontes, small groups. Why do we need these small groups? When people are broken into small groups, more care goes in. People can be cared for. Pastoral care is easier. Pastoral, because everybody has a pastor. Everybody has a shepherd. In that small group, I have a shepherd. In that small group, I have some care. Somebody can care for me. But if you are, we are all one large body. It's like the whole church is like Swollen Sunday. Even when the church is not like Swollen Sunday, there are a lot of people in the church, I don't know them. I don't know them. Sunday, when I was standing, I look at the people. I thought, who are these people? I don't know a lot of them. But if they belong to small groups in the church, somebody will know them. Somebody will care for them. If they have questions, they can ask. They can ask. If they need help, they can ask for help. And ask for help properly. Amen. I say if they need help, they can ask for help. And they can ask for help properly. Some of you go around borrowing money from person to person, person to person, person to person in the name of you are looking for help. Yeah. Now, let me tell you something. This is just, maybe it's by way of announcement. Please, if anybody comes to you, I'm come to borrow money, I need help. As a Christian, if you want to help, help. But the person is not asking you for the money or for the loan in the name of the church. Now, if the person that, and a lot of people ask for loans, don't pay. Why do you think they are asking for a loan? Because they've not been able to manage what they have to meet their, they are living beyond what their money can afford. That's why they are asking you for a loan. Perhaps they are asking you for a loan to pay somebody else. So to pay you, they have to take another loan from somebody. Now, if you are so gullible and you give the person the money, you... Stop blaming the pastor and stop blaming the church and holding the church responsible for it. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's you. You feel you love the person more than God. Glory be to God. Or you love the person as God. Glory be to God. But if the person shows you another, another side of midnight, don't... You know midnight has two sides, ne? Before and after midnight. Don't hold us. Don't punish us as a church. I said, don't what? Punish us as a church. And you to stop that. It's not nice. 
I mean, you go from, the Bible says there are people like that who behave unseemly. You go from door to door. You have a story for this person, then a story for this person. Your mother, did I tell you the story of somebody who went to take leave at work? He said, the mother had died. Some of you have even killed your grandmother just to get uh, uh, borrow money from somebody in the church. Only for us to go to your hometown later. When we go to pay Lobola, we see that your, your, your grandmother is sitting there. Both grandmothers, father's side, mother's side. I was telling you a story before this one came. He took a leave that his grandmother had died. Then he went away the whole weekend. When he came on Monday, I think he came on Monday, he went on Thursday. He came on Monday. The boss asked him, do you believe in reincarnation? The, he said, no. The boss said, oh, really? Because your grandmother who died just came to the office on Friday to look for you. Yeah. So stop that behavior. Stop that be- It's not nice. It's, it's actually unchristian. It's wickedness. One, it gives the impression that as a church, we don't help you. Hey, the way you are so close to Bishop and you have this problem, he didn't help you. Hey, hmm, people are wicked though. Tall people, very wicked. Try all, only look for short pastors. You'll be fine. Hmm. And number two, it's wickedness. It's wickedness. Because the little that your friend has, you see, the little that your friend has, you have told a lie, you have tricked your friend to take it from your friend. It's not fair, it's not right. You know you will not pay back. How do you know? Maybe, oh, Bishop, as at the time of taking the money from the sincerity of my heart, I wanted to pay back. Wanting something, if wishes were horses, beggars will ride. Wanting to do something and the ability to do something are two different things. The fact that you borrowed from here, from here, from here, is even enough to tell you that you won't pay. One great man of God, his name is Benson Idahosa. He said, if church member asks you for money, dash. Do you understand? He said, if a church member asks you for money, for loan, just give him what you can dash to him because he's never going to pay you back. Never. He's not going to pay you back. And because of you, because he's not paying you back, you stop coming to church. Me as a pastor, if he asks me for loan, I don't give. What I can give you, I just dash you, we are done. If I don't have anything to dash you, glory be to God, I pray for you. Yeah. My job is to feed you with knowledge and understanding, not to give you loans and give you money. If anything at all, you are supposed to look after me. As I look after you in spiritual things, you are supposed to look after me in physical things. Hey, I asked Bishop for money, he didn't give me, it's very wicked. Look, I've been preaching to you, out of kindness I've been preaching to you. And if it's by giving you money that you will know that I'm, I'm kind to you, then you will never know. You never know. You never know. Hey, Bishop, are you saying that if I need help, I shouldn't talk to you? You should talk to me. I'll pray for you. And my prayer works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My prayer works. Yeah. But stop that behavior. One of these days, we are going to disgrace you in front of the whole church. No, don't say mercy. When you say mercy, it's almost like I'm wicked. Yeah, you, it's almost, you are saying, the person is going around wickeding everybody. The earlier we mention it, to save the rest of the people, 
the better. That's why we are giving you final notice and hoping that you will stop so that we don't have to mention your name. Put a picture. When people go to shop to do shoplifting, don't they put their names as, they put their pictures there. Why don't you tell, pick and pay that they are wicked? Then you tell your pastor that he's wicked. Which scripture did I read on Sunday that the guy said, the pastor is always saying bad things about him. I hate him. And then the unbeliever told him, don't say that. That's not a way to talk about your pastor. We'll find it for you. After church, come and apologize for saying mercy. (laughs) But if you belong to a smaller group in the church, then you have real people who know you. So when you are in need, they really truly know that you are in need. Then they help you. Yeah, that's how it works. Let's say, I mean, a group like, um, no, the prayer, worship, the worship choir, what are they? Roses. They're a nice, neat group. So they know each other. So they can, you don't have to open your mouth to say, I need help. They themselves see that you need help. And then they help you. Small group. If you belong to a small group, it's easy for everybody. I mean, we can see that you are pregnant. We see that baby is coming. We can see. You don't need to advertise that I need pampers. I need wipes. I need, what else do they need for babies? I need powder. I need baby oil. I need lotion. We can see. So you see, when the baby comes, nobody tells us. We ourselves, we go and buy pampers, um, powder, baby lotion, uh, Wipes. Rice. No, 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 no. The mother is going to eat all the rice. Yeah. We can see. The people can see. If you are in a small group, they can see when you genuinely need help. Yeah. They can see. Instead of going around peddling, trafficking different stories. Yeah. I mean, you traffic stories. And now when you talk, when you say good morning, we go outside to check. Is it really morning? Is it really morning? It's like living in the UK. You are working at <laughs> you are working at eight o'clock, and you are leaving home at seven. When you open the door, you look outside. You say, "Oh no, it's not seven. You check your watch again. It's seven twenty-five. It's as dark as midnight. You'll be you have to use faith to believe that it's morning. And by the time you get to work, work would have started. <laughs> You see, 8 a.m., 9 a.m., they've turned on lights. It's like in the evening. (laughs) That's how we have to treat you. Anything you say, that's how we have to treat you. We can't even believe what you say. You are dealing falsely with everybody. But if you are in a small group, the people in the group, they become your friends. So they know your real situation. Yeah. What are some of the groups in the church? We have the choir. We are building, we are building the choir. We are believing God to have a choir of about 50 people in the choir. Yeah. Here at Christ Our Hope. So we are encouraging as many people to join the choir. Anybody we as a way of stabilizing them in the church. Go and join the choir. Oh, can you sing? Say I can't sing. Can you talk? Yeah, go and join. Not everybody in the choir sing. Some move. They just move. Then he said, do you know why there are only six microphones on the stage? Perhaps there are only six singers on the stage. The rest add volume to the singing. Yeah. We are trying to build the dancing stars. 
I'm here on Saturday organizing people to join, do rehearsal, so that it's a big group. It's also a small group. What's the third one we are building? Film stars. Film stars. It's like we are building all basantes, but our focus at this very time is to build these. These are the ministries that when people come to church, they see. After we are done with them, we'll go to other ministries, airport stars, media, this. We'll go to all of them. But right now, all of us as a church, concerted together, we are building these basantes. They are small groups in the church. They help. You see, what, what do the small groups do? They help people to be involved in the work. If you are in the choir, you'll be singing. You are involved in the work. If you are in the film stars, you'll be acting. I saw your pictures on Sunday. Somebody, somebody lying on the floor. Then somebody was a tree. It's like, look, it, you see, and do you know what that does? It gives the person a reason to come on Sunday because they are coming to do something. They are coming to do something. To be a tree. You are not even supposed to produce air or anything. You are just standing there to be a tree. Easy. Everybody can do it. Yeah. Small groups also allow for people. You see, small group is like small bank accounts where we hide the members. You take three, then you put them there. Three, then you put them four, then you put them to keep them in the church. Yeah. So that people can care for them properly. I mean, when I, yes, Sunday, I was telling somebody that I didn't see your wife. I hear your wife was in church, but I didn't see her when I went upstairs. In fact, when I got downstairs and I saw your son, I started to think, ah, this boy, he can't come to church by himself. By all means, he has either come with his father or his mother. But I don't remember seeing the mother upstairs. And I was on stage for about 45 minutes. So, by all means, I should have seen the mother. Then they said, oh, she, she was there. She, she was. I said, ah, somebody I know very well. By all means, I would have seen the person. But I didn't see the person. In a big group, you don't see so many people. But in a small group, everybody is noticed. Everybody is special. Yeah. Everybody is special. Nobody's birthday comes that nobody remembers. You don't remember my birthday. In a small group, by all means, they will remember. The small group, by all means, there's some, unless you have quarreled with everybody, by all means, there'll be one person who will remember that it's your birthday. Oh, yes. Can you say amen? amen. Yeah. Also, when people have questions, they can ask. As I'm preaching right now, you can't ask me a question. If you look at how both of my eyes are, oh, uh, that's the guy who was sleeping on the stage. Yeah, Adam. This guy is Adam. Oh, okay. I see. Call him for me tomorrow. I'll talk. That's the tree, a part of the tree. Ne? Who is this one in white? Which one is the serpent? The one in white. And... Oh, Ave Maria. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hiding behind the tree. Yeah. People can ask questions. Pastor, you are preaching. People cannot ask questions. So when Bishop was preaching, you, you, you see, he mentions as he said, Basanta. Pastor, what is Basanta? But they can ask you in the small group that what is Basanta? You say, oh, is this group we are in is called a Basanta. We used to call it a ministry. And now we've changed to Basanta. So from time to time, instead of saying Basanta, we say prayer ministry. Uh, this or the tulips is the singing Basanta. 
Oh, do we still have tulip? The daisies. It's the singing basanta. The distas is a basanta. So, oh, media is a basanta. Uh-huh. But as I'm preaching, will you be able to raise your hand and say, point of order? <laughs> point, point of order. Honorable member, I have a question. I mean, if you raise your hand, all I will say is that, come out of him now. You foul spirit, come out of him now. <laughs> I'll, I'll cast out the demon that has come into you. Yeah, but in the small group, in the Basenta meeting, you can ask questions. Sometimes people have so many questions they want to have, ask. They don't have any, they don't know anybody to ask. They can only ask it in a small group or one-on-one meetings. Recently, somebody asked me, Pastor, when do we do this? I said, oh, we do it at this time and this. But as I was preaching, the person couldn't have asked me during the preaching time. Ask me what during the preaching. You can ask me in a private moment. So small groups provide a lot of private moments. Yeah. And as we put the people in the smaller groups, we retain the people. And as we retain the people, the church as a whole grows and increases. Yeah. Church of God, my time is up by three minutes. So stand to your feet. We'll continue, God willing, next Tuesday. But let's begin to apply these principles. Like I said, these are not just things for our knowledge. It's for our use. Jesus said in John 17, 13, he says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So now that we know these things, we know that we must multiply ourselves. All of us must become senior pastors. Let's become it. Amen. Now that we know that what? What's the second one? We must maximize Sunday. From today, start to plan how much you can maximize your Sundays. And let's start to do them. It will lead to more work will be done. A lot of things you put away that I'll do during the week that you are not able to do. You get to be able to do them. Then the third one is what? Smaller groups. Let's all focus on our small groups. Let's get people to join. So when you bring people from your center, get them to join one of the groups. In Bishop Battle, said we are building the choir, the thing starts. So if I want my member want to join media, they can join media. If they have a preference, let them go and join their preference. But encourage them because this is the path we are building at this point. Encourage as many of them to join the main ones that we are building at this current time. So, if you have 10 people, about 6 of them should join these groups that we have mentioned. Then the other 4 are the people, like somebody came to church and asked for me, I want to be a usher. And I heard that the ushers, they are only guys. Look, that's a special case. You take that person to uh, airport stars. Because the person just wants to welcome people. Or you meet somebody, the person has a beautiful smile. Very infectious smile. Look, you take the person to go and join her. When she smiles outside, all the cars that are passing, they want to come to church. They will come to church later on. Stand to your feet. Let's bring the service to a close. Wow. Lift your hands. Let us pray. Father, thank you for everybody here present. We pray. Let your word be a source of empowerment for us, Lord, to do your will and to build the church you have sent us to build. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Let's affirm our faith in Christ Jesus. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today just as I am. Please forgive me of all my sins. Lord, I believe you died for me and you rose again. I confess you as the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together? Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083-773-1605. God richly bless you.